Riley, I'm not feeling too hot. No. Or specifically, I'm generally feeling too hot. <laughs> Might be more accurate. Dennis, you've got COVID for the second time. Um, Running it back. Electric, uh, COVID two electric boogaloo. Yeah. How is the sequel? Is it is it is it is it better now? You got more established sense it's, of the world, the characters, it, the you know. It's more of the same. It feels a little repetitive. I won't oh, lie. Okay. So um, the writers weren't talk, very though, adventurous or anything. No, no, no. It's uh, yeah. This this wasn't a script for no, you know they often do that for like especially movies in the early two thousands and nineties. Mm. Um, they would write try to sell a script for a movie, and then they would turn it into a sequel to a different movie afterwards. Oh, right. So, yeah, for example, yeah, yeah. Die Hard 2 was an action movie that someone had pitched, and they're like, well, we can make this Die Hard. Yep, 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 yep. Adapt it. That's right. Uh, yeah. yeah, it doesn't feel like that. This is a very direct, and what if you did it again? <laughs> um, so, yeah, COVID, uh, easier the second time around. Shorter shorter overall, I think. Uh, shorter runtime. Going, going down a bit smoother. Yeah, but we are we are burning the midnight oil here in terms of. Well, I mean, you're energy. burning you're burning the midday oil, dude. What time is it for you? That's true. Yeah, it's lunchtime. It's one. A, it's one a.m. Jesus, it's a quarter to one. To it's your day. to your fever-addled mind, I guess it does probably feel like that. So yeah, we we're on that that Kiefer Sutherland. Boop. Got to got to have a piss during the ad breaks time here because we're we're really up against the clock because you've only got a certain amount of lucid brain juice before it's leaking yeah. out my ears. Yeah. <laughs> It <laughs> was very graphic. Speaking, to Kiefer, speaking of Keeper Sutherland, thank you very much for my birthday present, Riley. It sits above me here as I record this. I'm very glad that it arrived safely. Um, it was was a, that was that was that was that a concern? I don't think so. No, but it is big and bulky, and it's the sort of thing that I think um, if if it ended up damaged in transit, I wouldn't. You know, it's it wasn't like a half brick. You know what I mean? It's not exactly yeah. fragile, but it's the sort of thing that could get damaged in transit. It it. it Scratching it ruins it, yes. Yeah. So Riley got me a very, very nice canvas print of some art, some fan art, I should say, um, from Metal Gear Solid 1. And it's very painterly. It's very, very, the shadowing and the lights are very, very mm-hmm. good. And it's just Solid Snake leaning against a pillar with a guard behind him uh, in the elevator in the, in the hangar in Metal Gear Solid 1. And it's something I'm a big fan of. And it ties into my topic for this week, Riley. I just liked it. I looked at that and I liked it because it's not, it's a lot of, a lot of fan art, a lot of, uh, it's it's very overdone and like there's usually logos on it and it's very obvious as to what it is but like yep this just looks like a, it's just a nice piece of art and I, I looked at it i thought of you so i bought it for you that is very happy kind birthday of you. man thanks bud who knows when i'll have another one that sounds like i'm gonna die which i actually feel right now closer to death than i have a few few times other in my life to be See, honest that's so. normally <laughs> just a little dennis quip like if you say oh that was really good and dennis would be like thanks i tried really hard uh, or um yeah another another classic dennis move is he takes up his glasses you say something he goes sorry what oh hang on puts his glasses back on and says it again and asks you to say it again classic dennis gag what my 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 favorite current gag is when someone puts a hard numerical value on something. Like let's say you were like, "Oh man, I got a refund from my couch. I mm-hmm. I got, got that five hundred dollars back." I'll go, "Can't put a price on that." Yes, I love that gag. That's a great one for you as well. I think my favorite all time though. <laughs> oh wow! It set him off just thinking about it. Jeez. Because free. you've got it down to a fine art. It's so good. What you do is when you throw something for Dennis to catch. Now, Dennis, you're not a dexterous man. You're not. I mean, you're many, uh, you're many things. Your dexterity score is not as... I would think I'm actually relatively dexterous, actually. But anyway. I, I wouldn't call you a dexterous man. And used to play basketball. And one of the reasons I say that is because whenever I throw anything to you for you to catch, you very deliberately don't catch it. And then about a second later, make a frenzied grab of where it would have been when it passed you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh dear! Like a poorly programmed robot. Uh, yeah, like I, I got a full one and a half second input. Lag. Latency, yeah, yeah. exactly. I really do enjoy that bit of physical comedy from you, Dennis. 
It was because it's way funnier than if you try to catch it and mess up. Hmm. If you just resolve yourself to not catching it and then do the, it's a good gag. It's a great gag. Anyway, you so want to talk well, about as a, as a, uh, you want to talk about Kiefer Sutherland, Dennis? Sorry to interrupt. Well, sort of. Um, well, Kiefer Sutherland took me to Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid took me to childhood video games because I've been sick, Ronnie. Mm. Um, I've regressed a little bit. So what I've been playing this week, while I um, while I uh, while I die on the couch, sort of struggling to maintain lucidity, mm. is Crash Bandicoot. Oh, dude, here we go. This is great. A bit of vintage video game chat. It's been a long time. Yeah. So I played it specifically because I think Crash Bandicoot Four. The like the new new one mm-hmm. uh, is on PlayStation Plus this month, and I was like, oh, I have the insane trilogy. I never um actually properly beat that, and you know, I'm, there's no way I beat those games fully when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, you know what? I got time because I'm sick. I don't feel well. Can't go outside. Let's just bang out Crash Bandicoot Three Warped. Let's go. All right, that is a hard game, bro. It's so weird coming back to so like some games you go back to them. Like, this is what I want to ask about going back to games when you were a kid and you're like, how did I play this when I was eight? I'm struggling now as an almost a 30 year old. I feel like it's one or the other because you go back to games and you're like, how did I ever enjoy this game? This is laughable. This is comically easy, right? Like how, how yep. did I ever enjoy How did I ever find this hard? Pokemon. Pokemon. Exactly. Great. A great example. Or you go back to games and you're like, this isn't like, this is impossible. How, what, how, what was, what, how good was I as a, I was a child product? Obviously, at Wario Land three, how the how the hell yeah, did I well, beat this Nikki, game? Nikki was next to me on the couch, and she got she we were she watching play, and I got to one of the later levels where you're like in a plane mm. and you're shooting down these blimps. And Nikki was like, "I don't remember this from this game," and I was like, "I don't mean this in a dicky way." Mm. There's a strong chance that as a child, you just never made it this far in the game. Yeah, yeah, really strong chance. And I, I want to get ready. I want to do it. I want to get all the trophies. Okay, you I want to. I want you, You've you've platinum a couple of games, haven't you? <laughs> Yeah, and usually, like I remember, one of the things about them was um, uh, Spider Man yeah. for Spider Man one, yeah. uh, which is ju- which turns into just a go collect of things. And I would stick on a podcast, mm-hmm. sling around. Credit to Greg Miller, Greg Miller from kind of funny. He kind of introduced him to the joy of that sort of like background process in gaming. It's a great way to actually just like chill and unwind. Yes, yeah, because um, it's it's much closer to like just sitting and reading a book. Except you know you don't learn anything, um, and um, playing like a game. Of I, don't think, I think it's actually Europe, different, is, even to because there's a very active part to reading a book if you're doing it. You know, if you're taking in the story and doing all that sort of stuff. Whereas if you're playing a game, it's, it's more zen. Yeah. If you're playing a game like Spider-Man, which requires no, it's very, it, especially once you're once you're sixty hours in. I'm not talking about the plot. I'm talking about just like oh, collecting all the backpacks. It's very in the moment. But it's also like the gameplay. Once you have all the power-ups, you've, you've gotten you've gotten good at it. It doesn't take much mental effort to just go mm. through the motions. No, I, I think I'm trying to think of other games that I've experienced like that, where it's just been weirdly. Civ, I find, is actually. I want to talk to you about Civilization as well because I've I, I've you've rekindled. Oh, I've been or kindled actually might be more. No, accurate. I've I've anyway. We'll we'll come to that. But games that have a sort of a core loop that no Civilization's a bad game. There's a lot of thinking and calculating. No, I take that back. Yeah. Civ's a bad example. But I'm struggling right now. I can tell. There's a couple levels. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, I tried to reserve the hacking costs for the Patreon exclusive portion of the podcast. Patreon.com slash have a listen. And that's what that's that. what the patrons are paying for. They're paying for the, the coughs, <laughs> the farts, the burps, the sneezes, the bits that I have to cut out because it's unlistable. The sound of the ambulance rounding the corner to take me away. Exactly. Yeah. The paramedics. We're losing him. Yeah. Anyway, go on. The dum, 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 Yeah, that's me. Um, yeah, so I've been playing Crash Bandicoot 3. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very hard game. Very merciless game. I don't understand because it's it's from that era of games where games hadn't quite gotten over being coin operated. Yes, yeah. There's that that so lingered the a long of, time in game design. 
Yeah, so the game, like, there was nowhere where you could play Crash Bandicoot in an arcade. I understood originally when you had, like, Mortal Kombat that you could play in an arcade or you could play at home. Mm. Same with, like, Tekken and all those fighting games, right? But Crash Bandicoot only exists as a home console game. Yeah. Why does it have a life system yeah, at all? But, but I mean, so many games, it's not just Crash Bandicoot, all of the Mario games, like all, all, yep. all the non-arcade Mario games, like this li- lives lasted for so long and they were so needless. And anytime you go back to it, the other thing that really, really got me when I was playing, I think I've talked about this before, was when I played uh, Jedi Knight 2, right? Yeah. I was halfway through level one and I died for the first time. I was like, oh, damn it. Okay, whatever. Oh, I'll just load back up from the check. Nope, no checkpoint. No autosave, nothing. Back at the start of level. And I was just, I was just like I don't want to I don't just don't want to continue this anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. And the biggest the biggest thing that you can see that that is a um is a holdover. And Crash Bandicoot does this mm-hmm. is when you die as and when it full out run out of lives, it gives you a countdown and a continue screen. Yeah, it's like why would I ever not the want to countdown continue? is to well the countdown is to boot you off the cabinet so someone else can get on if you don't have any quarters. Yeah, but why is it ex- so refreshingly? I booted up Crash Bandicoot four. I haven't actually gotten into it, but I wanted to try it mm-hmm. and just see what it was like. Yeah. And it was like, would you like to play? Modern mode, which just is a normal game. When you hit a checkpoint, you hit a checkpoint. That's it. Auto saves, yep. Or would you like to play classic mode, which has lives and you have to start reset the levels for any lives? And I said, note, this does not affect trophies, progression, mm. unlocks, or anything at all about the game. We recommend you play modern mode. Yes. And I was like, wow, okay, fair enough. Well, they're gonna have, they have to legitimize fair. it because otherwise, you know, I mean, all the stuff about you saw the the Elden Ring discourse. Yeah. nonsense oh the devs didn't intend for it to be well why did they make it possible then yep yep, yep. nonsense you can play I, video games I also read a- it's nonsense so i'm glad they put that note in there so they can't be you know willfully misinterpreted like like deluded priests trying to <laughs> you know squeeze whatever they want out of the scripture i read an article yesterday because i was curious about this discourse with this because the crash Bandicoot remakes are a couple years old at this stage yeah. um and there was a um there was an article titled um, Crash Bandicoot is hard, Dark Souls is not, and you're wrong. Oh my god, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> and it was this whole thing about how um, Dark Souls, if you just hammer your head at it enough and get better at it yeah. and learn it and stuff, you will be able to beat it. It's just obtuse and mysterious. Um, and they were like, Crash Bandicoot, there are some people who will never beat this game. Yeah. It is, there is a hard cap. And it's true, man, it is... Oh, there's a level, I think, two-thirds of the way through. I think it's Road Crash. It's the second motorbike level. And it's not. It's like it's like halfway through the game, almost to the button halfway through the game. And it's so needlessly difficult. Like, you have to play that, that level pitch perfect to get the crystal, and you can't progress the game without the crystal. And it's it's wild. I'm like, how did they design, why did they design this like this? And that's not even mentioning, like, I, I intend to, at the end, go through, get all the time trials, all the top times, all that stuff. And I, I, I'm worried there's going to come a time where I'm just unable to. So I was curious, is there a game, and you mentioned it with the Star Wars game, mm. that you came back to and you were like, how did I ever play this? How is this even possible? I mean, yeah, the Star Wars one, I did push through that and I went through it. It's, it's, a, it's a good game for the time. But yeah, these, these games haven't really aged well. The game that I always wish I could come back to and play for the first time like I did all those years ago was Morrowind. Because okay. Morrowind was exceptional. Groundbreaking, I would say, right? It, it was... A, an incredible open world game, right? It was one of those games, you know, it was a Bethesda game, open world before sort of, before Obi-World, open world became um, associated with Ubisoft, right? <clears throat> it was a game Ugh, that just... I, 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 am, I am very 
and they're looping back around now, but there was a time when every game was just that. Yeah. It was very frustrating. Every Spider-Man game was just Team, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. So that game where, you know, there'd be a huge open world and just a bunch of checkpoints and markers and all that sort of a stuff. A sea of icons exactly on the map, right. Well, yeah. Morrowind was before any of that, right? Yep. They dump you out after not even a tutorial, really, after an opening sequence that lasts about 15 minutes and they're just like, go, do whatever you want. There's a main quest if you feel like it, but you don't have to do it, right? And there's no waypoints, there's no compass, there's no Oof. nothing, right? The When you go to the Mages Guild and they're like, oh, we need you to travel this place and kill this monster, they have to give you directions. They say, yep. go down the path until you see the third large rock on your left and walk that way west until you see the, the tree and then you'll, it'll be somewhere to the, the right of that. Riley, can I confess something to you? Go on. This is an indicator of how sick I am. Mm. I have played Morrowind, yeah. not much, but a couple hours of it. I'm a huge fan of Oblivion, yeah. huge fan of Skyrim. I've played, bu- played a bunch of other Bethesda games. I am so sick that until just now, when you said Mages Guild, I thought you were talking about like Majora's Mask. Yeah, well, you said Morrowind, and I was like, yeah, that's Zelda game. That's Zelda game. And you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And you get to the Mages Guild, and I was like, oh, he must be drawing an allegory to like when you do it in like Oblivion. Yeah, that's yeah, weird. Yeah. And then I was like, Morrowind's an Elder Scrolls game. It is, game yeah. This. And I was like, oh, no. This is my flu game. This is like when Michael Jordan won that basketball game where he had the flu. And this is going to be one of the greatest episodes <laughs> of all time. Um, but Morrowind, yeah. it, it had this yeah, amazing, incredible open world thing. I remember as a kid when I first started playing the main quest, I was like, this is boring. I don't understand it. I just went on El- the Elder Scrolls wiki, the UESP, and I found mm. where Daedric Armor was. And I went and killed the guy who had it so I could take it. And I got the warning about my save game now being broken and that I couldn't finish the main quest. I was like, I don't care. I've got Daedric Armor. Um, but just discovering stuff, discovering the the, the, the Morag Tong, uh, going through Vivek, you know, walking through the the Ascadian Isles and co- coming across stuff that you didn't know. Like it, it was just it was a game that was really about discovery and exploration without the waypoints and the markers. And I look back and they go, ah, oh, they don't make them like they used to. And then you go back and play it's like this is unplayable. This is garbage. <laughs> like, I mean, I feel like I mean I'm a little younger than you, and I feel like Oblivion is like that. And Morrowind is so much more like that than Oblivion is. I don't think Oblivion. Oblivion leads you by the hand with the with the the waypoints and check and checkpoints and markers and stuff for sure. Like Morrowind didn't have any of that mm. at all. Um, I, the, the only part I remember playing Morrowind was when we getting to a point where you could fast travel by riding a giant flea, and I was like, yeah, the big bug. Yeah, exactly. And that's the other thing. Like like at now in modern games, because it's a, a quality of life thing, and I understand why it's there. You can fast travel from anywhere, basically to anywhere, and that's fine. I'm not criticizing that, but at the time it felt great, but I wouldn't want to go back to it. I do like how at the start of Skyrim, even, for example, you can't fast travel to places you haven't been. Yeah, that's good. But you can go to the wagon guy outside the village and pay him 50 gold to bring you. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that's, that's a fine, that's a fine compromise. But I think we tend to be a bit like dewy-eyed about the <clears throat> about games we played when we were younger, like Morrowind, where, you know, it was a miserable grind a lot of the time, but you, I don't know, that's all we had. Um, I mean, the combat system. In that Morrowind happened to, I mean, that happened to us when we, 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 we had that, we had those six months where we played video games together. Mm. Um, and when we played Metal Gear Solid, I, I mean, you gl- for example, you gloss over all the really old, like, oh, you can't shoot in first person. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid you, can't, you can't shoot you and can't move. You can't shoot and move. Yeah, exactly. And it, I, you I, can I, if you hold down the X button, but that I, that feels like a bug, not an intended yeah, feature. Yeah, I, I, I found one and two largely unplayable because of the controls. And it was only by the time you got to three, and not even original three, like the reworked it was, three, yeah. that it actually started to feel like a video game. And playing the Halos with you back to back, um, those games are clearly not meant to be played like that, by the way. <laughs> um, you can really tell mm. because 
they're all the same. Like, we were running through shooting grunts in a corridor for the hundredth time, mm. and I was like, you were like, yeah, this is, here we go again. And you get to the bottom of it and turn around, it's like, what's that? It's not the covenant anymore. What could it possibly mm. be, Riley? It's the flood, and you just, all you're doing, it's is, the flood. All you're doing again. is now going back through the level that you've just run through, except in the opposite direction, and now there are tentacles on stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then sometimes, so like, and then remember, like, you, even when we were playing, I think it was Halo 1, where you could you do the library, and it's got like the 50 floors or whatever. I don't know. Like, there, there was actually were- a video, uh, a, there's a YouTube video where the devs discuss that level. Um, yeah. Oh, that's right. It's, it, they, it's the, it's the dev re- devs react to speed run. Speedruns, yeah. that's right. Yeah, I've seen that. And the devs sit there and they talk about like, oh, we're really interested to see how they get through this level because we decided it would just be a good idea to have 10 floors of yep. the same encounter over and over again. And and then they're like, yeah, why do we do that? <laughs> There's not really any variety. <laughs> it's not time. like each ten, each floor has a new twist on it. It's just every floor. It is, really is. They're all identical. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know why they did it that way. Uh, I think we talked about this before. Did I ever show those Ars Technica videos they do called War Stories? Yeah, of course. Yeah, you told me about like the the Crash Bandicoot one was one I was really interested in. Exactly. How they managed to cram an enormous, a comparatively enormous game onto a comparatively small um, optical disk drive. So, like, one of the things they did, and this was hilarious to me, was they got the the memory for the PlayStation 1, which was brand new at the time. Mm. And the guy making the game, who they interview in this video, which you should look up, it's it's Google Crash Bandicoot War Stories and find it. I watched it the other day for like the third time. I love it. The mist one is also really good. All of them are really good. In my, in, in from like every, I've never seen one of them where I've been like this is boring. Every single one of them, even the games I haven't played, never played mist. But like watching those ones and like because they use like a card system or something. Hypercard, like yeah. Ridiculous. Um, but watching all of them, it's like it just teaches you stuff about. If you like video games, you'll like these these videos. But yeah, in the Crash Bandicoot one, for example, he's like, oh, we don't have enough memory. And the guy was looking at like the, the libraries that Sony had put into the system mm. to run the PlayStation yeah. and was like, mm, I don't think it needs all this. So he would just select chunks of code, delete it, and see if the PlayStation still ran. And if it did, he'd be like, okay, we can overwrite that. Yeah. And and then if it broke, he's like, okay, not that, that's fine. <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. And then like they invented like the, like buffering levels for that game. They invented a whole new animation style because they just had to it's the 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 war stories videos are real real um like poetic ideal use use cases yeah. for um uh, um constraint breeds creativity yes yeah exactly yeah like my, mark rosewater the magic designer often says restrictions breed creativity and and that's they're, they're really good examples of that for sure yeah yeah and there must have been massive restrictions for magic the gathering on how many products they could possibly put out in a year because the creativity they found there was <laughs> unparalleled like, that's oh, well, not that. yeah, um, <laughs> i want to come back to Civ. Now, Civ's a game I remember playing for the first time many... I actually think there might be war stories about Civilization, but anyway, go ahead. Many, many years ago, I played Civilization Two at Tom and Jess's house, right? Wow. And this is back, you know, when it was on, like, there was, there was the grid was square. Um, yeah, I mean, I, the first one I played was three, and three was square as well. And I had the Civ Two demo disc, right, from, like, PC World magazine or something because they how did I get it? I didn't get PC World magazine. I think I borrowed it from the library. I think I I think they had what? demo discs from the library that I borrowed. Anyway, little hacker man Riley at the age of twelve figured out how to edit the game files for Civilization Two. Right? Oh my god! What? Well, because you could. Ch- Do you know why? Because I wanted to play as Australia. And I looked up as like, oh, how you can play as any civilization. You just have to go in and change the names of them. So I changed the name of like, I don't know, France or England or something. I changed it to Australia. But then so I... you have all the mechanics of France or England? Yeah, just be and just, you Australia? just change the name yeah. and the flavor of it. But then I realized you can also change like 
the tutorial messages and the tool tips and the pop-ups and all that sort of yep. stuff. And I remember yep. changing it like to, I mean, I was 12, so I'm not going to make excuses or apologies for it, but I made, I made the, you know how when like, you know, when you make a, a file and you give it, you give it a really dumb name and then you click on it and the computer's like, do you want to open tits? You know what I mean? Yep. 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 I just did that and made some really, obscene and very puerile and juvenile i made the computer the computer i made civilization say yeah they they're not repeatable on a podcast unfortunately because yep, yep, you yep. know when i was 12 and 13 it's uh, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't like bad it's admirable just, that your filter now in your 30s is better than your filter was as a child yeah just really really obscene because at that you know f word and all the other one, all the all the all the, all the hits dennis I mean, all the hits all the hits there's nothing funnier than that when you're 13 you're your, your hacking reminds me of um, when I went to visit a friend of mine when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. My parents saw us take on holiday in Mostar, which is the capital of uh, Herzegovina. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, no, I suppose Sarajevo technically might be. Anyway, it's in Bosnia-Herzegovina. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the largest cities there. And um, we would go. And it's uh, it's a short. This was not too long after the war. It's going to be 10 years after the war, 12 years after the war. So I would have been, you know, 10 or 12. Um, and we would go to this place called the Shupa Shop. The Shupa Which doesn't Shop mean anything to my knowledge. S H U P A S H O P. Oh, I thought it's not a shop <laughs> that sells shoppers. No, okay. um, I don't know why it was called this. Uh, that might mean something in Croatian, and if it's offensive, I apologize. But not to my knowledge, it doesn't. I mean, you and speak this Croatian. Basement. I feel like you should know. And I don't. I don't though. Okay. <laughs> it might be some slang I'm not familiar with. But anyway, <laughs> right, fair enough. Um, it was just like graffitied basement in like a mall, right? Mm. And it was just this huge shop that was like a gaming shop. That a bunch of like te- teenagers, early twenty somethings ran, mm. and I remember going in there with my friend Marino and buying a copy of Metal Gear Solid Two for uh, I think it was one euro seventy five. Nice. So uh, there was a catch though, Riley. Uh, you had to go in, you tell them what game you'd wanted, and you say, "Oh, can I get Metal Gear Solid 2? And They go, "Yeah, come back in two hours." Why? Because they had to find it. Be- no, they're pirating and burning ah, it onto a disc ah, for you. So they did have to find it, Dennis. They had to find it on the deep web. Yes. <laughs> no, no, they had the copy physical, but they had to make a copy of it. Oh, sure. And okay. and it would come with a crack, yep. uh, you know, that you would you would open to get past the DRM. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it would have sometimes it have a list of CD keys in it. You know yeah, what I mean? Of course, Dennis, you obviously was, didn't. As soon as you realized this, you reported them, and the obviously the, the to, bro reported them to who? <laughs> to who? <laughs> The cops, I'm pretty sure those guys pay tax. The, like it wasn't legit. You go to the cops, and the cops are like, "Oh, great! Oh, yeah! No, I've been looking for that. I've been... Oh, geez, that would be fantastic. I'll go and get my copy of Crash Bandicoot. I've been looking to get 100 percent on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, played so many PC games that weren't PC games that they, you know, so like you know, the disc would come with an emulator yeah. and all this stuff. Yeah, it was, it was a wild time. Exactly. Oh my goodness, that's. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it was great. Uh, it's not there anymore, unfortunately, but it ran for probably a decade. I think um, unfettered by law. The wild, so that's pretty cool. Well, not the wild west, the wild east. The way yeah, the 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 wild Eastern Europe wild Eastern as, Europe. as it was. I'm sure, and I think that is an Eastern European thing. I would not be surprised if you know Armenia or Poland or any of those other Eastern Eastern countries have just shops just well, like that. You can say that as an Eastern European. I certainly can't. I guess Dennis, you could say that they are they were cheating the system. Yes, I suppose. Which brings me very neatly to what I want to talk to you about, Dennis, which is cheating. Cheating and so when I, when you say cheating to me. Mm. The first thing that that the dash brings to mind for me is cheating at a test at school. That's interesting because it's not that it's cheating in games, 
and not you know you and I have a shared history of Magic the Gathering. I'm not talking about you know the, the people who went to tournaments and learned how to shuffle cheat and do all these other cheats in order you to mean, win tens you, of thousands you mean, of dollars. You mean, you mean cheating playing board games with your sister? Not even my sister. So I, I do enjoy that. Have a listen to this. Has a sort of auxiliary cast of of secondary characters. We've got Adrian, the guy who washes his feet in a bidet. We've got Petter, yep. the guy who you framed breaking the bed stand. Like we've got all. Oh yeah, right? Petter. Yeah. Petter was there. Petter went, went went with us to the super shop. <laughs> he went to the super shop with you. Um, uh, yeah, we've we've got we've got the guild traps game, whoever they may be. Um, we've also got Mason, the Ooh, the question yeah. surf instructor, right? Yes. So Mason, uh, I was over at his place. We this went, has to be a relatively yes, be relatively recent, relatively recent acquisition. Uh, certainly, Mason is. But uh, went, went went around his place. Uh, he, he lives with his housemate Brian, and the three of us playing Catan. Mm-hmm. And Dan, Mason, three player Catan is rough. Ah, it's fine. Uh, I, I think it's fine. It's better with it's better. It's better with four. It people. is better. You're but you are so difficult to be around, Dennis. Um, I gotta get out of here. Um, uh, Mason cooked us a lovely fish curry with fish that he himself had caught. And would you like to know an interesting thing about fishermen or fisher people, I guess? Th- what is that? They call fish dogs? No, they, they don't, They do, Riley. Dennis. No, they don't, Riley. That's an Australian thing. So so I've learned a few different things. Like my brother's very into golf. And if someone, sure. if someone has just come from a round of golf, what you ask them is, how'd you hit them? Okay, that's all right. Like that's, that's fine. what you say, right? With a club is not the usual answer, <laughs> no. I think. Yeah, how'd you hit him? You don't say, did you do well or did you get any holes yeah. in one? You yeah, say, that's fine. how'd you hit him? What you say to a fisherman or a fisher person, you say, get any dogs. I, now, I have to Google this. I'm sorry. This is not... I'm, I can't just Google dogs fishing. I'll get some very You'll get dog fish, exactly, which aren't, it's just very useful. Anyway. Get any dogs Mason fishing. Mason had indeed got some dogs, right? So he cooked them up, us up for us. Yeah. Um, he's a professional chef. He, he cooked us. He cooks, cooked some lovely dogs, put them in curry. We had that. It was great. And then we started playing Catan. Now, if those of you who don't know how to play Catan, mm. it's a resource management game where you have a, a number of cards in hand. And the maximum number of cards you can have in any time... Oh, no, you can have... Any number of cards in hand, but if you if the robber turns um, up, if you roll a seven, yes. the robber turns up. You can only have seven cards in hand. Otherwise, the robber robs you for being greedy, right? For the gamblers among you, Catan uh, is half Monopoly, half craps. Basically, exactly, honestly. It's very fun. But seven, getting having more than seven cards in hand is a risk. Yes. At one point, Dennis. Now, I'll remind you that me, Mason, and Brian are playing for no stakes, nothing. There's not even Which cents is- on the line here, right? Riley, we know that no stakes is in some cases the highest stakes of all. The robber was thrown. How many cards in hand? Oh, uh-huh. I got seven. Oh, I got six. Whatever. Mason counted. He's like one, two, three, four. Five. Yep, I'm fine. I said, "Why'd you stop counting at five? He goes, no, "I'm fine. Show me your cards." Right? Oh. He tried to then hide the eighth card that he had in hand. What? Right? What? And I was like, "What are you doing, man?" And he's like, "Ah, oh, I just, I just, I sometimes I just cheat, like trying to trying to kind of make a joke out of it." <laughs> It's like just a bit of a cheater boy sometimes. I'm like, mate, like we're just like there's no we're not even playing like it's just for fun. It's just a board game. Like there's no stakes. Like it's not you're not going to win anything. And he can I tell you? And I'm very glad about this as well. He was crushed. He was like, honestly, I'd prefer you like were angry with me. And I'm like, I just don't get it, man. Like, what are you? Oh, you hit him with the, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. I did. I didn't, I, it wasn't even calculated. I just actually was just really like, I was. It is, it is, it is a very, very poor indicator of character, to be honest. But then the thing is like, 
I was like, do you, like, do you do? He's like, I don't know. I just like, I, I just cheat and like board games and card games and stuff. And I'm like, I mean, you owning it doesn't make it better, man. Why do you do this? He's like, I don't know. But because normally, like the relationship that we have is, it's very jocular. It's very sort of, you know, we, you know, hanging shit on each other all the time, taking the piss out of each other. And I think he just expected me like, oh, what are you doing, you bastard? And then he'd have a giggle about it, be like, oh, gotcha, blah, 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 like that sort of stuff. And it just didn't go the way that he went and he didn't know how to deal with it. Are you worried you came across as taking the game too seriously as a result? Oh, well, I mean, that's a whole other kettle of fish. Well, Brian thought it, Brian <laughs> just thought it was, I think like they've, they've known each other since they were young boys. Like I think. Was, was, was Brian in the, in the, in the, in the Mason lane? That's what I was going to ask. No, he didn't cheat. Brian doesn't cheat, but he was, he was in the very much, oh, that's just Mason, right? And I was just like, well, I'm not. No, you like you have to throw out like this. Anyway, had Mason over the other day. We're playing a two-player game called Jaipur, which is actually quite similar in that you can only have a certain number of cards in hand. And I tell you what, end of every turn, I was like, how many cards? He's like, dude, you've got to stop asking me. I'm like, no, one spit and twice shy, mate. And he, <laughs> but he was like, he was like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not going to cheat against you again. I, like, I can see that it really disappointed you. And I'm like, yeah, it did. But no, absolutely, I'm going to check you every time now. But here's the oh, thing. Oh, that's so good. When it comes to... Oh, Dennis, I'm a bit embarrassed to tell you this, but I'll tell you anyway. We had... So Mason and uh, and Megan and a couple of other of Mason's mates came around, Jade and, and Chelsea, and uh, we were playing... We played Articulate, played a... Col- uh, what's it called? Ecosystem. A couple of other, a couple of other games. And it, was, it was really fun. But they hadn't played some of these games before. And so I leapt into the, oh, I'll be the mark in that Auntie Donna sketch that we were referencing before. If, you have, if you're a fan of board games, go and type in Auntie Donna board games into YouTube and watch it. It is the- f- it's, it's, one it's, the be- it's one of the best videos I've ever seen in my It's not only very funny, but it's very painful for any board game fan because you will relate to it so strongly, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. yeah, it just go and do yourself a favor, watch Auntie Donna board games and a whole lot of their other stuff. Other stuff. They've got great stuff. Anyway, I turned into that. Oh, I'll explain the rules. I'll handle this. I'll handle that. And I just turned into basically a huge nerd. And you and I are both nerds and we hang out with a lot of nerds. Mason and Jade and Chelsea, they were they are not nerds. They are very cool, you know. And I immediately got started. Is, 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 is Catan pushing it for them? Yeah, no, Catan is like, you know, I think broadly speaking, especially with Jade and Chelsea, it was like board games. Oh, cool. Are we going to play Cluedo or Risk or Monopoly or what? You know? Yep, yep, yeah, yep. Right? So that's not a knock on them. They just, they weren't, they're not super au fait with a bunch of. Can I, can I side by here very briefly, yeah, Riley? Um, so there are three there are three levels to this. I think there's levels like which you said, oh, are we gonna play Cluedo or Monopoly? And then there's are we gonna play maybe there's four levels. Are we gonna play mainstream games like Catan or Machikoro yeah. or Articulate, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And then there's one level up, which is like, are we gonna play Twilight Imperium? Or, or are we Mars, gonna play yeah. Right. There is one hidden extra Secret level. Secret bonus level. Where I'm I was dating a girl called Grace, mm. uh God, this must have been eight years ago mm. now. God, I'm getting old. Um and I went to her house and her dad liked board games. So I was like, oh, I like board games. This is, I like magic and stuff. You know, this would be cool. And he busted out this old oh, yeah. 1984 German board game Combat called Simulator. like... Sp- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. It was it was like... It was called like Spy War or something. Oh, not, one of, the, not one of the ones like Victory path. at Waterloo and it's... it's yeah, no, no, no not like that. 
It was it was it was within this substrate. It was quite simple, but it was all wooden figures, not an instruction in sight. Oh, yeah, yeah, he would have to he explained the whole rules for us, and he was like, "And you get an alliance token, and when you run out of alliance tokens, that's when you get." And then it was the anti Donna sketch. Then you play your Don Quixote card. Yeah. Then you use wood to trade wood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I remember there was no. It was just squares, cubes, and little meeples, and no writing on anything. Yeah. I was like, "How does anybody learn to play this game?" Fourth dimensional board gaming yeah 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 so they're 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 at level one of the four level thing and you, you've pushed them into level two a little bit but i worried like. that i was just coming off as this insufferable nerd right as i as i explained uh-huh. the rules the board games and like you know as we got got into them a bit but then it got even worse dennis because they were they were bending the cards oh, like, sorry could you actually not could, could you could you not bend the cards actually please is that would that be okay oh man and i was like oh no no like oh and that was the thing like mason picked up some of the cards and he was like mash shuffling them together and it's just oh man i was like oh no, please i'll, I'll just I'll, I'll do it i'll do it and he's like oh okay and he put them down and i picked them up and i was like oh. and then one of them had chips on the side of it and i was like oh look at this. but then at one point jade played a card and noticed that a corner was bent and then picked it up and like unbent the corner and put it back down i was like oh what do these people think of me <laughs> So well, this is the first time you'd met you'd met her, right? Uh, I'd met Jade before. I hadn't met Chelsea, but it was the first time that I'd like you know played games. It was the first time they'd got an insight into that side of my that side of my personality. Yeah, it is like, still it is still like, it's for 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 Jade and Chelsea. It's like it was for Maiden Chelsea. For Jade and Chelsea, it's like it was a decent percentage of the time they'd spent with you. Period. Yes, right? Yeah, and it was a, it was a real Ugh. it was a real. I mean, I'm not like that all the time with everything. I just don't want my cards bent or chipped. But um, Riley, have they have they have you hung out with them we since? Hung out with them since this. We haven't seen. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna ask that next week and find out. Oh no, that's so brutal. But like I don't know, I like Mason and he's a good guy and I enjoy spending time with him and I hope that we stay friends for a long time. But, but he cheats and he bends cards. I simply couldn't fathom cheating at a board like I can't fathom cheating even when there are ten thousand dollars on the line or something like that. Like I just wouldn't do that. But the, at least the then I can go, thing- well, there's a reason for it to understand. Like I don't understand the cheating with like in a casual gaming board game with mates. Like what is going on there? Yeah, I mean, if I if I if I I think, and you mentioned that he was embarrassed when you called him up and called him out in it, basically, yeah, right? Yeah. I don't know how I would handle if you know, like, say, a couple thousand people on a podcast knew that about me. Um, like, I think that would like absolutely destroy. Me. Well, I will say, <laughs> do you think? I will say, I did cover my ass, and I did tell him that I was gonna. Well, I said to him, I, I want to talk about this on the podcast. What do you think of that? He's like, oh, oh, oh mate, like this, but I. I don't think this is good. He's a surfing instructor. He, the, he, the board game police are going to come after him. I think he can take him, bro. I think he's fine. <laughs> Maybe he's worried that just generally he doesn't want any bad... You know, he wants his approach to boards, whether they be games, board games or, Game or, or surf, surf. surfboards. <laughs> um, he wants to be squeaky clean, but he's not because he cheats at board games with his mates, which I just don't understand. I just don't understand. I thought you were going to say he cheats, he cheats at surfing, and I was like, oh, he cheats, he cheat, oh, he cheats at surfing. What are you talking well, about? That's a wild west. Cheat at surfing, that's fine. How would you cheat at surfing? Yeah, you're, not, you're 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 pulling one over on Poseidon. That's what I mean. Velcro I your feet to the board. Is that even cheating? I, you're looking for snapped ankles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure there's uh, look. Okay, uh, surfing is a sport, right? Surfing is a is a. Therefore, there have to be regulations. Therefore, there has to be cheating. Exactly right? right. If it's a regulated sport, right? I'm sure there's an there's an international surfing. I'm sure your I'm sure your board has to be a certain length and weight and all that stuff. I tell you what, there you go. Immediately, you can't probably can't put a motor on you on your surfboard. 
a moat. No, you probably oh, can't. Probably just in the same it? way you put, you probably can't sit in a go kart for the five hundred meters either. Yeah. But like, well, you probably can't put spikes on the side of it either. Oh, Riley! Uh, earlier we were talking about dogs and fishing, and how I thought that was a nonsense piece of um, piece of um, yeah slang. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Google foo has failed me, but it has alerted me to a different issue, which is related, at least in nomenclature. Okay, you ready for this? On, yeah. I searched fishing slang dog, thinking that would get me. That's there, right. Yeah, yeah. I got you know the little Google pop up people also ask you know yes yeah so interesting. I got what does dog fishing mean? Right, what does dog fishing mean? Dog fishing. Yes. Okay. Well, cat fishing is when you deliberately mislead <laughs> someone as to how you look or the person that you are or whatever when you go on online dating. So, mm-hmm. dog mm-hmm. fishing, mm-hmm. Dennis. I guess based on that, could mean anything. Dog fishing is a newer dating app phrase related to the practice of using a dog in profile pictures yeah. to lure more matches and conversations. I've heard this works. Usually, the man. dog does not belong to the person being pictured in his media. I have heard that this works. Here is a here is a top online dating tip for anyone who is trying to get ahead in the in the world of, of Tinder and anyone who's trying to get ahead in the world of Tinder. Okay, Cupid. I guess I don't know what the what they're using these days. Um, Get a picture of yourself with a cute on, animal. On your Christian Mingle yeah, site. If, you, if you're, if you're not getting enough matches on Christian Mingle, um, apparently here's, here's what the, the dog or the cat or the ferret or whatever picture does. It gives you the second look, right? Because people are swiping, right? They swipe, 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 swipe. You, don't, you only get like half a second, right? right? You, think you're, you think you're buying literal time. But that, that, apparently that's all it is. It's because when someone's swiping through, if they see a picture, it doesn't matter that it's you, they see a picture of you with a dog and they're like, oh, I want to look at that dog. And then all of a sudden, you've doubled, tripled, quadrupled. You've got 10 times the amount of eyeball time purely because they stopped to look at the dog. So it's about well, that's like- that's dog fishing then. And, and apparently, it's a really, really good technique. So, I mean, you know, next time you're at the supermarket and someone has left their dog sort of tied up out the front of it while they're going to get their, their, their you know, milk and eggs- Pick it up and grab a couple selfies. Selfie with the dog. Easy peasy. You know, you'll, be, you'll, be, really? you'll be mingling with Christians in no time, Dennis. <laughs> Riley, you're, you're a school teacher, or you're, and you're about to become an active school teacher mm-hmm. again soon. Um, dating apps when I was in, in when I was younger were the only time that I remember because you often joke when you're um, in school, like, "God, when am I ever going to use this in my real life?" Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. A dating app was you the won't first walk around with a calculator in your back. pocket. Greatest lie, exactly. The greatest lie this generation's ever heard. <laughs> uh, I remember. Uh, swiping, uh, swiping, and coming across a girl whose first f- picture was her with a couple of friends. Okay, so just a group of like five girls, mm. and then the second picture was a group of five girls again that had some of the same. Oh, as the first yeah, photo. yeah, this is yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> I was like, I was like, this is simultaneous equations. <laughs> I've been, I practiced for this yeah. when I was in fourth class. This is what this is for. I'm like, okay, so this goes in this photo, but not in this photo, and this is in this photo, but not in this photo. Therefore, the better, and you have to reverse yeah. engineer who is who. And I, I remember thinking back, being like, oh, what am I ever going to use this in my real life? And sitting there, desperately looking for a match on Tinder, being yep. like, this is it. This is what it was for. Mrs. Clarkson was right. And then you met your wife playing magic the gathering so it all really paid off for you didn't it dennis it did dude my dad loves rubbing my mom's face in that because like i i worked at Farball for a couple of years uh and i got that job because i played magic the gathering mm-hmm. and i was skiving off um you know my <laughs> my medical degree mm-hmm. to, to play magic the gathering and my mom would always get mad at me mm-hmm. and my dad was like and every time now 
my dad was like, and you told him to stop playing those silly games. Yeah. And my mom was like, shut up. Yeah. You were on my side. Yeah. Or <laughs> no, revisionist no. history. Yeah, no. That's the that's that's the classic Stranjak de, uh, director's cut. Oh, it is. It doesn't matter yeah. whether it's coming from Dennis or Emir. I do get a level. I mean, we've talked about this in the podcast before. I do get a level of satisfaction from, you know, making a living out of video games and, you yep. know, popular entertainment media and that sort of thing when a lot of my childhood was turn off that bloody game boy and go outside and kick a footy around well i never would have made it in the world of professional football never would have made it there but look at me now look at me now dennis tens and tens of followers mate you're you're as you're you're living the white male dream riley you have two podcasts two podcasts dennis and we got to talk about video games this week next week i know dennis, let's let, let next week let's really break the mold let's talk about star wars Thank you for listening to this episode of Have a Listen to This, your uh, weekly dose of bite-sized nonsense with uh, Riley Knight and Dennis Straniak. If you like the show, please tell your friends about it. If you didn't like it, I guess tell them anyway, but um, hopefully they download it and they like it. Or if they don't, those downloads show up just the same, to be honest. If you really like the show, you head to patreon.com slash have a listen to this and support the show. Get the show a little bit early as well as some other exclusive perks and, you know, help us keep the lights and the mics on over here. 